Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Also with us tonight, we have our good friends, Chuck and Sherry Caputo. And... Yes, we have some great stuff today. And by the way, Chuck and Sherry, how are you doing today? Okay, pretty good. We're doing good. It's Chuck's birthday. (laughs) Yes, it is. And uh, as we all know, let's all uh, sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Hey, oh. see, that's a beautiful voice compared to mine. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, both you, both you sing good. I appreciate that. I can't believe it. Fifty-nine. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow, Chuck. I, I thought you were only turning thirty-seven. You told me. Hey, you hey, one on me. Hey, hey, I'm thankful to be here. I can't believe it. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. year. Joe, uh, Joe actually told me to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, uh, I appreciate the, that. The whole situation is, is that uh, he got a little stuck there, so he did the intro for us, but obviously uh, he's uh, sure. stuck in work. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it uh, sure, a podcast sure. today. Um, there might be a possibility that Mike Mesmer might join us. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, depending if he's uh, acting right now or not, he might be performing today. Um, you know, he doesn't have any rain down there like we do, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Wow, did you see this uh, here in Pittsburgh anyway? It was uh, sleeting this morning and uh, nasty. pretty nasty. Then it all cleared up around noon. It looked pretty good. So, so we did go out and do a few errands. <laughs> well, right now in my area, it's been raining all day. Okay. It, they they had said about snow, but apparently that didn't happen. So it's been raining all day. Um, you know what, Chuck? I, I gotta ask a quick question here. Uh, as you guys know, uh, I've been discussing about the book publishing that House of the Unusual has been putting together for almost a year now. Oh yeah. And this is supposed to be a rival to probably uh, Mail Order Mysteries. Now, what I mean not a rival, I mean a, a second part to it, you would say. Right. We're we're putting together a book and the book that is going to consist of a couple of nice chapters. Now, the difference between everybody knows the mail order mysteries is about all the stuff we had as kids and we saw in comic books. Yeah. And all that. Well, the what we're doing now or what I'm basically trying to put together now is the fact that, I, you know, mail order mysteries has, I think, 419 stars. And there's actually two of those that actually gave it four stars. And the reason, um, I mean, 419, not, not 419 stars. Let me rephrase this. It's got 419 five stars. Right, right. So when you click on it, there's actually two four stars. One of the, the, the four stars said that the only thing he gave it four stars for is because the book was written by somebody who lived outside of the generation that he was talking about, uh, <laughs> meaning that Kirk, you know, spoke and told of a story for an uh, uh, an era that he was not living in. They would have liked it more from a person that was there. And the second four stars was basically because it was too quick of a book read. 
mm-hmm. meaning that it read you could read the whole thing in less than an hour you know mm-hmm. right and for some reason uh you know that's not so what we're doing is a little different what we're doing is we're going to have a book that's going to have a lot of reading in it it's going to have a lot of photographs as well i'm shooting for about you know between 150 to 200 pages and we're going to have every great write a chapter on different things say for example chuck is going to be doing mostly uh, which is you obviously chuck is going to be writing mostly about uf grant and the influence uf grant had in the in the mail order industry um now every anybody who ever grew up in the 70s so anybody who's old enough would remember there was a company called vic lawston they were very popular in the 1970s and they were also called the House of a Thousand Mysteries, and they were located in Florida. First, they were located in Connecticut, later moved down to Florida, and, and, and I think around the uh, Fort Lauderdale area. And what they used to do is that they sold old magic tricks, and they sold gags as well, but they mostly had more magic. And every single plan in that book on how to do magic was from UF Grant. Now, anybody knows that UF Grant later became Mac Magic. That's correct. Well, Chuck, Chuck has been a friend of the original owner. What's what's his name? King. Uh yes, he married uh, Marianne King, which is what Mac Magic stands for. He married Marianne King, uh, which is UF Grant's daughter. His name is Jimmy King, and uh, I've known him for quite a few years. Matter of fact, I helped design a few tricks for him. I guess about maybe eight eight to ten years ago. One was like it was an electronic snake basket uh, where uh, where he would come up out of the basket. And they actually changed it a little, like an elephant uh, tusk that would come up out of the basket with a selected playing card in his tusk, uh, in his in his trunk, I should say. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've known Jimmy for quite a few years, and then now his son runs Mac Magic, Jimmy King Jr. I think uh, Jimmy's getting up there. He's I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but uh, he's he's getting up there. I think he kind of stepped aside a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? Any magic company, any magic shop, I should say, from the '60s. On till maybe the early 90s, they predominantly carried uh, the uh, Mac Magic slash Grant line. You know, they, they were the main builders of uh, magic equipment, you know, uh, really throughout the world. And uh, so now they kind of slacked off. They import a lot of things. But, yeah, they were, they were something else. UF Grant was probably singly the most brilliant magic inventor of our time. I mean, he came up with so many different things. And the uh, types of, you know, things that they used, Eddie, you know, grain type of magic, it was like uh, pieces, you know, like uh, strips of masonite, like, you know, like boards of masonite that they would uh, spray paint and it cover up with like a clear polyurethane. It was very, very colorful, you know. Uh, yeah, throughout the years, I've acquired quite a few of their, you know, magic effects. They're absolutely fantastic. Grant was something else and he came up with a lot of ideas. As a matter of fact, he worked for, Abbott's magic company uh, prior to even starting his own business, I believe. Yeah. So many ideas that they didn't feel that the public would believe one man could come up with so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so they actually named a lot of his inventions like Zella card stab, Zella, Z E L L A. Yeah. So, like, when, so whenever you hear that term in an old Abbott uh, catalog, Zella, that was Grant. It was, yeah, it was just like a, it was a hidden name that they had to come up because no one would believe one guy. You know, you know, whose mind was so fertile that he would come up with all these things. Well, you you know, uh, the amazing thing about that is, as anybody knows, a lot of probably of Abbott's magic 
which consists of a lot of plants itself. I wouldn't be surprised that he had invented it. Yes. And somehow, since he worked for Abbott, Abbott just took over the uh, the mm -hmm. reign on it. Now, just like I was saying, you had Vic Lawson, which, and I mentioned Vic Lawson more than anybody because any anybody that can pick up a Johnson Smith catalog, right, or pick up a you know any type of comic book and see an ad, you're going to notice that a lot of the ads from such companies as American Circle, um, Honor House. Uh, there was a company called the Gale House, which the Gale House is uh, for anybody who's not familiar with the name. That's the one that sold the record, The Haunting with the Ghoul. That is that's such a that is such a cool yeah. record. I, you know what, Eddie? I love that. I love the little drawing on that. It's phenomenal. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but the wow. Ghoul, and and that's called you know the Gale House, and there was quite a few. And you'll notice, especially Abracadabra Magic Shop, you'll see all the imagery that was used from Big Lawson. Now, the thing with Big Lawson is he was an artist. So most of that stuff, believe it or not, was drawn by him. Wow. And one of the most famous, I believe, pictures that was drawn by him that a lot of people don't know is the guy hypnotizing the lady with the stars in the background that they usually used to sell uh, American Circle Corp uh. used to sell, and that was the 25 Lessons in Hypnotism. Wow. And they, they always used the guy hypnotizing the lady that was actually drawn because it's it's shown it first appeared in the big lost in catalogs years before american circle even surfaced so uh you know that's the influence so chuck is going to be doing that now the other part of the book is and, and like again again i said chuck is going to be writing how you know uf grant and the influenced the industry because some of the plans that they were sold in mail order were like how to walk through a solid steel plate um, um, you know, how to levitate. There was a lot of plans and they all came from UF Grant. Now, the other chapter, or one of the chapters, I asked Craig Taubeck to take care of. Now, Craig Taubeck, everybody, again, if you look it up or Google it, you'll find out that between 1969, I believe, and 2010, he was the acting CEO of Johnson Smith Company. Or not actually acting, he was the acting CEO of the catalog department. He was basically in charge of all the catalogs that were made, putting them together, distribution. Uh, he was right, actually running Johnson Smith, not just the catalog department. Wow. Uh, Craig was there for about 40 years. Uh, he's gonna be doing the history of Johnson Smith. And I mean, I, I don't think anybody better than him can do. And that would be another. Then I have the famous Jason. Jason, everybody knows, has been talking to us about his karate collection. Oh, All yeah. the books of the night. So everybody knows in the 1970s, uh, karate books influenced a lot of comic books. A lot of magazines and Boys Life magazines always wanted to sell you that you will become the ultimate star. And no, you would walk down the street and everybody would fear you with your new created uh, <laughs> killer hands, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and Muscles of Steel, all that stuff. So Jason's going to be doing his chapter and the history of that. And he's going to all have all the chapters are going to include a lot of photographs, which is what people like. People like photographs, but people want to read. But also you want to have fun read. And then we have the famous Mike Mesmer. <clears throat> Excuse me. The famous Mike Mesmer. Mike has decided he will write the history of Famous monsters, and here's another famous mail order uh, company of the time, the Captain Company. 
Oh, yeah. The Captain Company graced all the famous monsters, eerie magazines, all the Warren publications of the 1970s. Uh, who would not remember the Captain Company? Well, Mike Mesmer is going to write the history of the Captain Company. Nice. Okay. Uh, so then, of course, I will write my part, which is how I became a collector, how I started searching for the those lost products like the seven-foot robot plants and how I left the paper trail that lasted for years. <laughs> okay. And then Joe obviously will do this is memory lane from Crypt of Classics and how, you know, monsters and what he's good at. So it's going to be done by a lot of people. Kev Kavarash, who's actually the artist for the cover, is going to put in a beautiful chapter. That's going to be like a surprise chapter, what it will be about. But Kev is in, in his early 60s and he's got a lot of experience in mail order. We will also be using between chapters. We're going to have Kev, um, nice ads or or this i mean i'm, I'm going to leave that as a surprise because i don't mm -hmm. want to blow up what the book is about because then it's not going to be a fun read but i guarantee you that when this book is together and put together it's going to be a sellout it's going to be a very nice book um i was contemplating hardcover you know jacketed collector's book and then i i have calf who's a professional publisher and a comic book artist who's insisting I should go with soft cover, eight and a half by 11 format. The actual end format is not yet known. I'm working on different pricings and stuff. And the cover itself, which is the title of the book is going to be the seven foot monster that never was, yeah. which is basically what it tells us a story. It has um, a little boy sitting in the cover that's actually supposed to be me um looking into a comic book with an ad and up into his wall in his room in the 1970s he's got the seven foot frankenstein pasted up with tape he's looking at the ad and in his mind he was thinking that a mailman was going to come in with a giant crate and yeah. a monster uh. punching a hole in the crate and basically like i said it's called the seven foot monster that never was the cover has has been done and it's going to be finished is going to be laid out by a very, very, uh, let's just put it this way. I cannot mention the name of the person who's doing the layout because they work for a major motion picture company or not major. Mo it's, it's just basically a friend. He's got over 1,000 titles under his cover, meaning that he knows how to make a book cover. So he's, it's going to be a really nice book cover. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. So anyway, having said that, the other question I want to ask that, I brought up the story of the book and everything just to let the world know what we're working on. Sherry. Yes. How would you like, um, why don't you write your own version, your own chapter on women and mail order in the 1970s or growing up from a woman's point of view? Yeah. You could tell the story of the sea monkeys. That would be a phenomenal story that people would love. Uh, yeah, I could tell that little story. Yeah. Would be yep. a small chapter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be. Uh, I don't okay. have a lot of too much experience. We'll add um, that part to. Uh, yeah. We'll do that part two to uh, to the uh, Chuck's chapter of magic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or we can we, we, can, we can have you as one of because uh, it's going to be a chapter also is going to be filled with like uh, uh, testimonials from people that they ordered either they didn't get it or they got it. You could be oh, that, yeah that chapter. And then uh, last but not least, let's not forget our buddy Todd Mitchin. 
as a lot of people don't realize that Todd has now become a full-timer for Transcience Corporation. I believe he's acting CEO there now, believe it or not. Congratulations, Todd. Whoa, yeah, Todd, wow. that's cool. That's but the great. thing is, he's quit his full-time job to do that full-time. Wow. Uh, and, nice. you know, again, that's a, a boy's dream come true, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I was saying all this up front, and I just wanted to bring up to the table what, you know, what's happening. And, and uh, you know, I, like I said, I spoke with Todd yesterday, and uh, they're actually working on a book itself. So he's going to be putting together a nice chapter, and he will also reference his book in that chapter. And all you guys that are out there that are listening, uh, Stupid Comics is, is working on the final product. It's going to be out soon. Uh, he does apologize for the delay. It's going to be more like a Reader's Digest format instead of the full-size comic. Um, the other situation is I also want to say uh, Mike Mesmer, has uh, his book is coming out soon. Uh, that's another exciting oh, Yeah, that's right. We need to speak <laughs> off. And uh, anyway, Chuck, I want you to give me a little rundown between you and Sherry, what you've been doing, uh, what's happening sure. with the magic. And uh, bring us up to date on a few things. Yeah, no problem. We've been keeping pretty busy, you know, doing some shows. And we're getting ready. We're going to be at the Magi Fest in Columbus, Ohio uh, wow. tomorrow, which is uh, this This is being taped Wednesday. Thursday is when it starts. Oh, sure. So, yeah, yeah Thursday, we'll yeah, we'll be out in Columbus, which would be pretty cool. And so there's a lot of performers out there. There's a lot of friends I know worldwide from the Internet and uh, yeah, there's a lot of magic dealers and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it'll be kind of cool. Lectures. Lecturers as well. Mm -hmm. Is that your birthday gift, by the way? Yeah. I guess it would be. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, she paid for the registration months ago. And uh, so. Get us signed up so uh, we get a place <laughs> to stay. Now, was that three fifty each one, or for? I, I it think, came to five fifty total. Yeah, I think the whole total was five fifty. I think that the uh, the main person would be three hundred of them not mistaken and then the 250 uh, for the second yeah maybe then, that was what it was yeah then 250 for the but i don't want to get mistaken it's uh, yeah i'm not exactly yeah. sure but i, th I think the total was around 550 in and in, in the hotel uh each night too the there two, yeah. but they have a nice restaurant there at the hotel so once you're in there you're there you know which is good you don't have to i mean i mean i guess you could if you want you could leave and get some food somewhere else but i don't think I'm, we're gonna go anywhere you know so see how it goes. yeah, so I'll I'll uh, pack up a few things to show them, like some magic and everything, because you know what, Eddie, people hang around all hours of the night, just like Joe was saying with the um, you know with the monster bash, you yeah, know, out in the lobby, yeah, mm -hmm. out, out, out the lobby. And so that'll be kind of neat, and so I'll probably bring a couple things to show them, and you know, I think it'll be kind of neat. Other people, they'll be doing their yeah their thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know what, I like to watch too not yeah, just perform it it's exactly a, you know because a lot of fun watching it. yeah you know what because you know what's cool every magician does a move differently mm -hmm. there's a slight difference to it and everything which is really cool because i like to see other people perform as well and i like to get other people's perspective on on things too mm -hmm. and uh, uh but it's a really nice hotel sure he looked it up is it the renaissance I yeah believe. downtown columbus mm -hmm. yeah looks really nice so it'll be kind of, it's a three-hour drive i thought it was two and a half it's three hours from us over three mm -hmm. so that's about my limit i don't care to <laughs> <laughs> I don't care to drive too much. But. Yeah. And I'll be happy to see some magician assistants. We can talk and have a compete commission or whatever you say. Talk magic. That, that would be a dream uh, vacation for me. I wish I uh, you know, would have been able to head there. Yeah. 
unfortunately, what would have made it almost next to impossible is one of my coworkers, actually, his wife uh, is giving birth as we speak, I believe. And oh, uh, wow. congratulations to him. But yeah, yes, congratulations. congratulations. Wow. That's exciting. It, it put everybody on 12-hour shifts for the next <laughs> couple of days. Aww. <laughs> So that's not going to be fun, but um, you yeah. Know, the, last, uh, the last time we went there, I think we mentioned on the previous podcast was when we were dating. Yeah. In nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety one, ninety two, ninety two. Okay, yeah. So it's been over thirty years. You know, is that a yearly thing, by the way? Yeah, it's like it in ninetieth year or something like that. It's up yeah. there, pretty pretty far. I have the name tag up there, Sherry. Could you what, see what? Which one is bigger, Abbott's or that? That was ninety two. Um. You know, it's kind of hard to say because both are pretty darn big. I think they're around the same, actually. You know, they each, they each get hundreds and hundreds of people there. 92. Oh, was That's that? That's the year we got married and Michael was born. Oh, oh so that was the 92nd one in 1992? Oh, the 60th. 64. Yeah. You know what? Uh, Tag here from 1992 when we went. Was, uh, the 61st. And that was the 61st one so you had another 30 Very years cool. of that so it'd be the 91st 92nd wow. magi fest yeah wow so, that's amazing that yeah amazing. now you you did say larry king from uf grant is 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 he still around yeah he uh uh, uh jimmy king yeah is his jimmy name. King. yeah yeah he's still running i don't think he takes part in the management of mac magic too much in it I think he passed it to his son. He came out to visit us when I uh, designed a, a couple of things for him about, I guess, a good nine years ago. He uh, drove out from Columbus and everything, and uh, so that was kind of cool. And uh, what what does UF stand for? UF Grant? Uh well, that's his name, Ulysses something Grant was was oh. the founder. Yeah, but then they named it Mac Magic M A K later on, which stands for his daughter Mary Ann King. It, it's it's an acronym, and uh, but. What they always came up with some really cool stuff. I always liked their colors. There's uh, some magicians that said, "Well, that's a little too loud for me and everything," but I always liked their colors. I thought they were neat. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I I just remember most of all, my favorite thing was the walking through a solid steel plate. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I always saw that ad for some reason. In fact, that ad is actually in back of uh, the upcoming Ghost Ship Times. That's uh, you know just waiting to be mm -hmm. launched. Um, I'm waiting for Joe. Joe is getting together to launch it. And um, once that goes out, that's another. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we're working on, Chuck. There's yeah, a lot of stuff that's going to happen. Uh, everybody knows also we've been setting up. I've been setting up the best possible way to distribute uh, Chuck's 25 lessons in magic, right. which that has that he worked on it very hard last year. He put it together. And, of course, Sherry did all the filming for it and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. It's going to be a hands-on. It's really good. And that should be launching. We're talking everything is going to happen in the next couple of days, probably. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the timeline, how it, you know, I can work it out and, and where the distribution of it will be. Most likely, I believe it's going to be uh, anybody who listens to our podcast will actually be able to. And, and Chuck, this is the good thing about Anchor is there's a possibility your course is going to be going on. But of course, when the course comes on, it's going to be a visual course. It's going to be uh, right. not audio, visual. And it'll go, it's going to appear in Spotify, iTunes, including Apple Music. Nice. And the good thing about it now, of course, there will be a slight subscription cost for it because, you know, it is a course. 
And of course, that took a lot of time. And um, in order to run the course, there's royalties we have to pay uh, to the companies who run it. So um, there will be a very, very small cost, but just letting people know, but it's going to be upcoming for those that are upcoming or professional magicians that just want to have a professional point of view on many things. Uh, Chuck is the man for that now. The other question I want to turn over to here is Sherry, as a female. Yes. Are you, are you looking forward? Tell us a little. Go ahead. Tell us what your aspirations are for this new upcoming show you're going to. You mean the convention? Yes, the convention. Oh, my word. Uh, I, I just love it. Um, I love watching the magic. I like going to the lectures. I love to learn about different um, techniques um, I like to talk to the people, the fellow magicians and their assistants, if they're there. Yeah, some, some uh, have assistants, some don't. Um, meaning, you know, um, other female assist, um, ma ma magicians assistants. So um, it's a lot of fun. And I don't know. It's just a good time and that's what I'm looking forward to. Plus it's a road trip. I like to travel. Chuck's not so much into driving, especially long hours or <laughs> long distance, but I'm always up for a for a nice little trip. You know, actually I'm surprised. You know one thing, Chuck, I'm gonna tell you, one of the greatest things I'll never forget is when I used to go down to Florida since I used to hate flying. <laughs> I drove I actually drove twenty seven times from oh, down to Miami Beach. I Wow. I, I started when my daughter, my oldest daughter, was going to be about two, just about two months to her turning two. Oh, my. And I used to go all the time in October. And let me tell you one thing. The best part of the trip was not the, not itself driving, but I used to love to stay. So I made it a point to make three pit stops from here to Florida. Uh -huh. I would stop in South Carolina was my first pit stop. Actually, Virginia or South uh, Maryland. Virginia or South Carolina would be my first stop. And then we do the second stop again. Now I'm sorry. See, I'm going to, let, let me go back. Let me reiterate this. I would stop originally between Virginia and North Carolina. We would stay the night next to, uh, I think it was uh, exit 95 where they have a huge JR warehouse and a bunch of stores. And my wife used to love going to a store named North Carolina Pottery, yeah. North Carolina Pottery. And that she, this is a huge warehouse that sold all sorts of things. And she was always uh, looking forward to going there. And of course, we came back with the car loaded from stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, the best part is, and then of course, the second night we stopped in South Carolina. And where I stopped in South Carolina, there was this one particular place I used to like. I think it was called San, it was in Santee. And I stopped there in exit 98, I think it was, of 95 South. And the guy who owned this huge gas station, he must have owned like five, six acres of land. His name was Lee. And what he would do is he would sell a lot of lawn ornaments. And when I'm saying lawn ornaments, he had giraffes, lions, like full-size things. Yeah. He would sell them. And the funniest story was the day I bought for him a seven-foot knight in shining armor. Oh, wow. I tied it on top of a Chevy uh, Celebrity I had. <laughs> Oh. 1984 wow. Chevy Celebrity, no, 1995 Chevy Celebrity, <laughs> and I drove that thing all the way from there to here. Oh my! I remember going to the turnpike, and the lady looked at me, and she said, "I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> I'm not going to ask." But it was hilarious, and uh, 
it used to draw a lot of attention. I had it with me until about a couple of years ago where I sold it because it, it was taking up too much space. It was it was a big giant knight made of metal, but you know, it was it was really nice to have. I always liked having them due to the fact of the haunted houses from you know oh know, yeah, that's the forties. Yeah, that's, something, that's something different. That's a good conversation piece. <laughs> it, it, it definitely was. And I had it, like I said, for a long, long time. But, I, you know, finally got rid of it. And But that, that was fun. But then my third night, we stayed close to St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, yeah. And the reason we stayed throughout those three nights, I mean, you could make it in one day. But I purposely will only drive like six, seven, eight hours a day and pull in was because we loved the shopping. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it too. I used to love going to all those antique shops. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. Love we, we love it too, huh, Sherry? Yeah, that's the best that's part. Good. That's what I was gonna say. That's the best part of the trip because I used to buy all the junk that made. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Chuck, I'm very surprised you don't enjoy that thing. Well, I mean, I don't know if you do, but that's what I enjoy about travel. Oh yeah, I do like to stop at different curio shops. We do that, right, Sherry? Yeah, we do. Like that flea teak. When yeah. different places around here in Pittsburgh, but we're going to go to the convention. We we don't have any place that we really want to stop. Yeah, to, you know, shop or anything. But. We, you know, what I drove down to Florida before I knew Sherry. Me and a few friends of mine back in eighty four, maybe nineteen eighty three, mm-hmm. eighty four. Woo, that was a long drive, Eddie. I, you yeah. know, what well, one never... day you looked the same. I mean, you look familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I never. <laughs> you know what? I never attempted it again. One time was enough. That was just uh, too far. Well, wow. 1980, 84, 85, well, actually 86, I think was my first drive. I got married in 83. My daughter was born a year later. So the first time I ever drove down there, she was almost two. But then I did it for the next 27 times. Oh, my God. And um, I got to wow. tell you, it, it. I miss those days because going, uh, there's nothing more. It, it's just phenomenal, especially south of the border. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know south of the border is the it's the borderline between North Carolina and South Carolina, and it's got a Mexican theme to it. It's called Pedro's, and believe it or not, it's got everything. Got Fort Pedro that's filled with fireworks. It's got all the fun stuff in there, you know, uh-huh. and and just going in there and spending money was phenomenal. Yeah. And <laughs> then another thing I used to do. There's a bus that actually it's called La Cubana from Union City. It goes from New York to Union City, and, and they drive straight through and first stop in Orlando, and then they stop in Miami Beach. So when you get on the bus, you either have a 24-hour drive, you sleep on the bus, or they do a 31. The 30-hour, they actually make extra stops like you know around Orlando area for people. Oh, yeah. Wow. And the bus is always packed, but you know what? It's like a two-tier bus, and you have you sleep on it. It has a bathroom on it. It's... um. It's a pretty nice trip because they do play a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, movies on the thing. So, I mean, I love that yeah. thing, too. Uh, you, that you would know, be good. I would like to do that, Eddie. That, look, that it, would it's be fun. fun. Man. It's fun. You don't it's, have to do the driving. That would be awesome. And somebody told me, which I never did, to try taking the train. Now, I know my mom took the train mm. one time, and she told me it was 30 hours. It was a little too long. Mm. but I could imagine the type of scenery that you're going to get if you're on a train. Exactly. Yeah. You could see a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It might be worth for those who are photographers or those who like to just take and and take a look at the United States. I know an an Indian family from India, uh, older lady and husband went to California and took the train back this way. 
and they told me there was like something they've never done before. Uh, it's the most phenomenal thing, and they recommended it to me to do. And they showed me some of the pictures. Yeah, it's phenomenal, especially when you come in. The train has an open uh, caboose on top of some where people go. Huh. And it's like a absorbatory, absorbatory where people look around and it's really, really cool. And when I saw the pictures, I'm like, wow, man, what's the name of that state that's got a lot of mountain ranges and stuff? It's by not the Grand Canyon. It's um, North Dakota. No, not North Dakota. Um, there's a state that could, between California and here. I forgot right now. My son is always saying he wants to go over there. <laughs> oh, really? I'm um, trying to think. Hmm. It's, it's, I think, after you pass, you have, let's see, you have California, and then after that, you have Nevada, right? Yeah, that's and, pretty flat, I think. Yeah, and then there's another, Colorado, I think it's the Colorado, yeah. one, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he told me he, he, it was, I mean, I saw it was really a beautiful ride. But, you know, mostly, Sherry, I guess, in that sense, you, I'm going to ask you this question. Um a lot of times, because the original question was, how are you feeling about going to a magic fest? But my question to you is, uh, a lot of times my wife will go with me to, like, if I tell it, but most of the time she's forced to go. When I was going to drive her up to see, uh, <laughs> I had to see Dave and I, I didn't, you know, I had to meet him up in Connecticut. It was like yeah. a half hour ride. And I'm like, Hey, can you come with me? And she's like, no, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I So I go to her, well, how about if I give you an extra 150? And she goes, okay. <laughs> I have to buy her. You, you know? have to bribe her. Yeah. Like, no, I no. Have, I have to buy her to go places. And That's then goes funny. And she's quiet. But oh. my question to you is, uh, does mm -hmm. Chuck on the side pay you? <laughs> no, actually, I'm the one that brought it up. I'm surprised. Yeah, because it was near his birthday. What did we do uh, last year? I forget. Well, we went to Miami oh, that Miami, one for Miami. your, yeah. that was 2020. 2020. Yeah. But yeah. And also I wanted to tell you, Eddie, save his money too, because we, um, they have dealer rooms as well, where the dealers they'll open up and they'll have all these different apparatuses for sale. So there may be something that catches his eye that he might want to get there, but otherwise we don't um, do any other type of shopping while we go to the um, the conventions. Well, the fun thing about going to conventions is really doing the shopping, I think. Yeah. But I, I want to ask you, I, I told Chuck about it, but I'm sure he forgot to mention it to you. But if you do come across anything that looks robotic, any paperwork that looks like a, a set of plans on how to build a costume or something, we'll keep or any haunted house apparatus, whatever it is, take your phone, call me, sell me a picture, <laughs> And I'll wire to you the money within seconds if it's, you know, <laughs> because I, I really wanted to go to that. I mean, for me, Aww. it's actually three hours to you guys, but it's more like 10 for me. I know. Unfortunately, wow. that was, is kind of what made it a little bit off limits. Definitely. Um, but, you know, there's always next year. And and one thing Chuck mentioned, he wanted to go to the Abbott's uh, ventriloquism or something like that. Oh, Van Haven in Kentucky. Yeah. In Kentucky. Whenever you, Chuck, whenever you're up to whatever, uh, the next one, I might definitely consider uh, somehow rendezvous there with you. But um, <laughs> I am trying to, by the end of this month, when you guys come back next week, I'm going to work on a schedule to drive down to Pittsburgh and uh, meet up with you guys somewhere. 
Yeah, that's um, good. So I'm gonna do that. Unfortunately, I, I I'm trying to convince the wife. She was okay with it until I told her it was six hours away, <laughs> and she's like, "What?" Uh, so <laughs> I want to oh, bring wow. her along. I'm, I'm actually might have to tie her in the back of the car and <laughs> oh my drag, goodness, drag her along. But it's kind of funny though. You, you know what I find the funniest thing? They're always complaining that I have too much junk. Uh, look at this. You're you're paying so much a month in storage. I mean, I do have right now four units, and which is insane to be saying this, but I'm claiming a little bit over twelve hundred bucks, and. I'm trying to consolidate everything into three instead of four because a lot of stuff is just thrown in and mm -hmm. I just make space, but I'm opening boxes and, and then I'm finding stuff I didn't even know I had. But the whole thing is, is that what Christmas came around, what did they do? They bought me toys. Of course. <laughs> you know, that's what they bought me. And then they complained that I collect too much. Oh, um, <laughs> my, my favorite toy this year was this robot though. I, I showed it on the video. It's got a clock in it. And it, it looks so cool. And <laughs> I have it next to my bed. And she's like, you got to take that off there. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, this is my robot. You, you know, you, my daughter gave it to me and I'm, I'm keeping it here, you know? Yeah. That was a pretty cool looking robot. I saw it on that one video you put on there. huh? Yeah. That, that's it. It's really nice. And actually she got it in uh, Marshall's, I think, with TJ Maxx. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I know she likes Marshall's. Well, Home Goods, TJ Maxx, and Marshalls are all the same company. And I think what they do is, in reality, they get things that are for not for sale, but let's say big companies that have defects on it or something. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like they throw it their way. And um, so you you might be buying good stuff that it's really in a cheaper scale, you know? Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's, it's pretty good and stuff. Now, one thing I also want to bring up, Chuck, uh, you want to... Tell us a little bit about all the, because I know you've been touring. How are the shows turning around? I mean, you're still that busy right now or is things slowing down? Yeah, it's like in the middle. I mean, you know, it seems like that always after Christmas, I think I think the entertainment yeah. industry dies down. Uh, you know, beginning of the month was pretty good. Now it's slowing down a little bit. You know, it'll, it'll pick back up. But you know what? The month of December is always insane. I mean, I actually had to turn down a whole bunch yeah, of shows. Terrible. And the month of October is absolutely insane also. So, you know what? Things tend to slow down in uh, January for the magic business anyway. I can't speak for different types of, uh, uh, you know, of, of things. But for magic, yeah, that tends to slow down a little bit. In, uh, but it'll it'll pick back up, you know. And, yeah. hey, hey, but getting back to Sherry, you, you know what? She she does, thank God, generally lo love magic. And she has a sharp eye, Eddie. You know what? Sometimes she'll catch things when other people people are performing that I can't even catch. She'll say, Oh, Oh, he just stole something, you know, and <laughs> you know what? And she's exactly right. It's, it's amazing. You know? Yeah. yeah that's really good. She, Sherry, you weren't one of those little kids that went to a magic show and said, Oh, I saw mommy. How he did. <laughs> and the magician no. was like, get away from me. You bother me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, no, I wasn't that type of child. Okay. But little girl. You, huh? Okay, little girl, get to the back of the class. Go back over there, okay? Yeah, somebody smacked this little kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to tell you, Chuck tried to um, tried to um, play a trick on me the other day. Uh, <laughs> I go into the bathroom in the morning. I was going to go brush my teeth oh, and all that yeah. stuff in the morning. It's kind of dark. I have a nightlight, then I turned that on. And um, I turned around to go, you know, dry my face and everything. And here he had that his he has two um, ventriloquist 
uh, dummies, vent, vent figure, vent figures, as you would say. Yeah. Um, and he had one of the ugly ones sitting there in a chair, <laughs> like he thought I was going to scream, <laughs> but I didn't. I just ignored it. But then I brought it down here, and it was funny because um, he didn't he didn't get the reaction out of me that no. he wanted to. No. But that was. That was funny. My oh. sister now, on the other hand, she would be freaking out. She yeah. hates marionettes. She hates any kind of like puppets. puppets or dummies or clowns, anything like that. that. That's, you know, now that you say that, anybody out there that's got an old creepy doll, mail it to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe doesn't get, he's not too fond of dolls and stuff. Isn't he? You know, oh. So anybody who's got a creepy one, make sure you mail it to him, okay? Uh, okay. Keep, we, keep that in mind. <laughs> Poor Joe. You Very see, good. that's a good joke, but the uh, the best one is, not the best, but one of the ones I pulled on my wife one time was, we had, she had like a, one time in the corner of the room by my side of the bed, there was a little hook in the ceiling because I forgot what she had hanging from there. Uh -huh. I think it was like a basket um, with something. Uh, this was, she bought this in an old, I'm talking about like almost 25, 30 years ago. And she had, uh, she had bought it in rag shop. Well, anyway, she discarded, she took off whatever she had hanging. She left a little hook in the ceiling. Uh -huh. So there was a time they were doing some construction by my house there. And believe it or not, because of the construction, we had one or two mice in the apartment. And that wasn't cool. She hated that. And I, I just like, whatever, it's there, you know, we'll catch them. No big deal, you know. But she was like, oh, no. We can't have any crawling creatures in the house, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I uh, I took a piece of aluminum foil. And what I did with the aluminum foil is I tied a fishing line to it. And I went and I hooked it up uh, um, on the little hook. And I brought it down to my night table next to me. And I tied it inside the, the drawer. Like, you know, I put the, the fishing line inside the drawer where uh, it was there. Uh -huh. So I put the aluminum foil underneath the bed. And I wrapped it around oh the leg God. on her side. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, is when we went to sleep, I, I went to sleep before her on purpose. And about 20 minutes later, she goes, goes to bed and I'll pretend I'm sleeping. So when she's lying down, I start tugging on the fishing line. with uh -oh. my <laughs> And she goes, hey, did you hear that? So she, starts, <laughs> she elbows me and says, Eddie, listen to that. So I'm going, what, what? And then all of a sudden I go, I don't hear anything. And then I, I pulled down and she goes, listen, it, it's, it's coming. Oh my God, it's right by the bed. We, oh my gosh. She got very upset at me, but it was kind of funny. Wow. Oh my God, that would be funny. That, yeah. that, that's one. <laughs> oh my God. The, the one that didn't work for me was uh, I was playing around with the talking toilet because I, I love jokes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. You have one of those. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when I was playing around with the talking toilet, I um I put it in the bathroom because my wife would always get up and go early in the morning around uh -huh. you know, 5 a.m. to the bathroom. Uh-huh. So I put it in. This time my oldest daughter was about five years old at the time. She gets up. Now, this is actually 30 some years ago, not 20, because this was yeah. she's 36. So we're talking, she was like five. And she gets up and goes to the bathroom before my wife does. When she sits on the toilet, presses the bulb, and goes, hey, I'm working down here. She oh. runs out, and she's peace on herself, the floor. Uh, oh. And guess who had to clean it? So I got pissed off that I had to clean it. 
And uh, my wife goes, that's what you get. That's what you get. You're trying to be funny. That's what you get. But oh, hey, funny. practical jokes. I don't know. I know Sometimes they backfire, huh? Well, but they're, they're so much fun. I mean, I remember when I was, uh, this was kind of crazy. I was 18. I joined the job. I don't want to even mention the name in case. But one day I thought it was funny. Me and another guy in work, we, there was a locker room. And there was like about 130 employees, you know. So we decided to <laughs> use crazy glue. Oh, and put no. a little bit in everybody's padlock. Oh, oh no! Oh my! That that was a that was a bad one. But uh, That's a bad one. Yeah, I did I a bad to, one too. I had to do mine to you know so nobody would suspect me. But they they where they wanted to kill whoever did that. It was so funny though. Oh my gosh! I did a, a bad one too as a nurse. What? We had we had like a um oh. a huddle. They called it huddle in the morning. All the nurses and the aides would get together before our shift. And we would stand in a circle and just talk about certain things, what's going on. Well, I had a clean urinal and I put apple juice in it and I had it that was sitting on the table over there. So I said, oh, look, and I grabbed it and I started to drink it. And everybody's like, what the heck are you doing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I started, I know, right? Oh. Ready to fire me. She lost her, she lost her mind. <laughs> it was, it was sick. It was like April Fool's Day or something like that. I, I went April Fool's. <laughs> That's a good one. I know. I know. And you had people yeah, that... chocolate and diapers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's I, I thought you were gonna say something like you put like in some poor guy lying down in bed you put itching powder on his back where he couldn't <laughs> <laughs> no i would never i would never hurt my patients no no but the staff yeah that was the fun. staff was fun yeah, that, yeah the staff was fair oh, man. The, it, seems the, like, it seems like we have that all in common you know we're all practical jokers oh yeah wow well, the, the thing with that, you guys got to remember, the best part is to always do a joke where it's kind of like a mass thing, but don't, you know, where it gets a lot of people, but don't let them know it's you. Yeah, Yeah, there you it's, go. Especially yeah. in work where you could get in trouble. So, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I used to be uh, horrible. In fact, it was so funny because I was a good salesman too in the day back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I remember one time, you know how you always have somebody in work that, wants to make uh, a name for himself and when they uh -huh. do nothing they just find something and then call the attention like let's say there's a car in the parking space they'll hit it and the alarm will go off and then call it on the radio hey this mm -hmm. everybody runs you know uh -huh. so there was a similar incident one time the guy said that somebody had passed by and slashed him or with a knife whatever but not oh. him but he he put a garbage can in the front and sliced the garbage can. So I took advantage of that situation. Uh -huh. And I had come across this business magazine at the time. This is before, you know, this is when I started like playing around with mail order. And I, I got a, this thing that sold mace bottles. They were like little, about a, the size of a pen. And I remember the wholesale price on them were $2 each. And they were like a little pepper spray that you had. So what I did is I started telling the people, you got to protect yourself. So I'm going to get this and it cost me 10 bucks each and everybody ordered one and I sold like 24 of them. Uh, that's good. Wow. And I remember my that's boss good. going around saying, hey, if I find out who's selling this, you know, Shit. they're going to get written up because nobody said, well, they bought it from them. Obviously it came down that it was me. And he said, Eddie, you know, you better cop take care of that. You better... <laughs> <laughs> But I was always up to something, you know. Um, you made eight bucks uh, profit on each one, huh? Oh, yeah. No, that, that was, I mean, we're talking 1980, so that was pretty good. <laughs>
Wow, you were always quite the, quite yeah. the businessman. <laughs> the best one, and I thought this was funny though. I, I kind of I went with my mom down to New York City, and everybody that's ever been downtown New York, they have all the wholesale places there that sell to stores, clothing, and all that. So I go in, and there's this place that sells jewelry, and I saw this rope chains, really nice, and they were uh, I'll never forget this four ninety nine for twelve of them, you know. So. Um, <laughs> I buy them. It was kind of funny, though. <clears throat> I didn't really actually have any money with me. And I told my mom, hey, can you lend me five bucks? And she's like, go ahead. What do you want? And she loans me the money. And I, I get the I get two packs of them, you know, at 24 chains. So I go to work and I'm like, hey, anybody want to buy this chains there? Uh, they don't, they're guaranteed not to change colors. Oh, no. Uh, so I was selling one for 10 and two for, uh, I think, 18 or something like that. No, no, I'm sorry. One for $8, two for 10 and I sold them to all the guys. And like I said, we had about 130 employees. So I sold out like the same day. And then about two months later, <laughs> one of the guy goes to me, Eddie, I was taking a shower. <laughs> and that thing turned all sorts of color on me. And I oh, my God. Laughing, you know. And But anyway, that's, you know, that's a younger me. And, you know, and it was just kind of funny. But I was always into selling and, and coming up with different things and, but it worked, you know, it was great. And that's why I started uh, the mail order thing. Cause oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. You know what, Eddie, way back when I was a lot younger, probably in my ooh, late teens or something, I used to buy wholesale through the catalogs oh, yeah. and I'd sell at flea markets. I would yeah. set up uh, toy, uh, you know, uh, uh, things on the, on the different tables and it was pretty neat. And uh, the thing I noticed is if you would, you would uh, demonstrate a few of these things, like there was the uh, jointed snake where it would, it would like wiggle back and forth, you know? So uh -huh. if, if there was kids looking and if I'd play with it, they would always, mom, mom, give me that. I want uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. That's a great yeah. So that do. was a big, that was a big seller. Yeah. So I'd have like professional boxes actually that would come and you just, you know, put them out just on the table. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So if, like, if I wasn't busy, like on a one day during, you know, like on a weekend on a Saturday, I'd go to the flea markets and I'd sell quite a few of those things. And the only kind of pranks I really did a lot when I was a kid was uh, the cigarette loads. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because You're you know what? Parents. Yeah, back then, everybody smoked. I mean, my uh, brother was seven years older than me. My parents smoked. My aunts, my uncles. So I'd put the cigarette loads in there. <laughs> And their cigarettes, uh, and they smoked the filterless kind. So once it would explode, oh. like they'd be, they'd, they'd, what the cigarette would look like was a banana peel. <laughs> and and they'd pull off that end and they'd flip it around and smoke the other end and it would blow up too. So both ends would blow up. It, it was hilarious. Oh, oh, it was you great. know, that, that was funny. I, I played that a lot also in my uh, father-in-law. He used to smoke, so I put a couple on him and he was looking at each one to see which one he would smoke next. <laughs> you know, you know, when you say that, I don't know if you ever saw, there was one called Stink Roos. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. Stink Roos, you would stick them in. They look like cigarette loads, but they caused this awful rotten egg smell. Yeah. Oh, and the person actually didn't realize it was coming out of their cigarette. <laughs> I did it to this Irish guy, a good friend of mine, Joe. And he's like, Eddie, what the hell is that? What? <laughs> he thought I, I had played a joke like around. The, it was so funny. Though. It was uh, on Sierra at the time. And we're like laughing away, and he's so that was a good joke. But there was another one that very few people hear of it, but it's called Petrified Sig. Sig. And what it is is kind of like a little metal rod, not metal, but a wire. You stick it into the end of a cigarette, and it's really all it is. It's just a long piece of wire. But when you stick it all the way from one end to the other, when the people are smoking it, the ashes don't fall off. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Because it has in the center, it has, uh, so they call it petrified cigs, or the actual name for that oh, joke. Yeah. That's weird. And, huh? and, and then, of course, the none other than the snowstorm tablet. We did, I did it to the same guy, Joe. Me and this guy, a co-worker named Bruce, we, we were like the jokesters for the place, and everybody was always looking out for us. And the funny thing about it, Bruce was like in his 40s. I was in my 20s, but, you know, <laughs> we got together, and everybody's like, look at this bunch of kids, you know, always making – but um, we put it on his thing, and the whole lobby got filled with this. Because I used to work in this building complex. It consisted of three high-rise buildings. They were each 50 stories. And it was all one one place. But the entire lobby got filled with snowflakes. Wow. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Oh, no, no. That Let me tell you, the snowstorm tablets were probably the best joke I ever played. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that became obviously illegal because each of those tablets looks like aspirins and they're actually a uh, chemical that they used to kill mice or something with. So they're not oh good. My gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're outlawed. But but they yeah. sold them for years and years. And that's yeah. a, that was a really, really funny joke. But um, oh, we had some great. We had you some have great a magic st- trick called the snowstorm where you. Oh yeah, you mean uh, smoke between the from the fingers? No, oh no, no, smoke from fingertips. Are you talking no, about? No, snow. Oh, oh, she means snowstorm in China. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, with really a fan pretty. where you have the fan and you and you still wet napkins. You dip it in water and you squeeze it and you, you apparently just fan it and it'll make a big uh, blizzard come out of your hand. Yeah, that's pretty neat. little pieces of white. I guess paper or whatever. Yeah, looks like snow. yeah. There's a switch involved where That's you have pretty. to where you ditch the uh, wet paper napkins and you secretly steal the uh, load. With, yeah, I yeah. believe that that's actually one of the tricks that Vic Lawson used to sell. That's yeah. not really. I've seen huh. that trick definitely in mail order. Now, talking about Vic Lawson, since you did bring up the UF grant, took your idea. I got a question, Chuck. Just out of curiosity here, uh, in the 1960s. Pointer Products. Now, anybody who Pointer Products is the one that created the Adams Family Thing Bank. Oh, and yeah. All the hand-operated banks and yeah, they're very popular. And they do anytime you find anything from them on eBay, it goes for a lot of money. Yeah. Now, they had a snake in a basket, and you would buy it. This is from the early '60s. You would buy it. It came with a little flute, and when you played it, it was like Sonic operated. The snake would come out of the basket. I actually came across one of them in my collection, but it was not really, it's not working or anything. Um, and it's missing the, unless I can't find the flute, but I found the basket and the snake and I gave it to a guy in my job who actually, he deals with electronics and stuff. And he's been trying to fix it for the last three weeks, uh, figuring it out how it works. There's no instructions. It's very hard to come by. And one sold on eBay for like seven hundred bucks a few years ago. Now, wow. is it a bank? Did was there any influence either on your part when you came up with your version or with you know uh, Mac Magic or anything concerning that? Did anybody see that and say, "Hey, I'm going to do what a an electronic one"? Is that how you came up with that idea, just out of curiosity? You know what that what you're what you're describing sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, very. No, but you know, years ago, probably about thirty-five years ago, I uh, bought a, uh, a battery-operated snake basket from Abbott's, and and so I actually used it for quite a few years. Yeah. Okay, but then I found found like another method uh, to make the snake come up much higher. 
and so that's that's the one you did okay so yeah so that's what i use and then i don't know how jimmy king found out about it but he said i'd like to probably saw a video or something yeah he saw a video or something of mine and and so he contacted me said hey listen if you if you would uh you know if you'd uh you know like uh, give me the working prototype we could work out a deal or what have you and so that's what we did he came over he's they're in columbus ohio by the way and so he came over from Columbus and then we sat and I, and uh, so we worked out a deal, you know, and, you know, cause I didn't want to build them myself because you know what, <laughs> you know, cause I'm only one man. And if they get like 25 orders or something like no, that, yeah, I can't sit down there and build 25 at one time. There's just no way, you know? Right. Yeah. So that, that basically, uh, that was a question I had cause now I'm wondering who, cause I don't know which one came first, but I know that the one is from the 60s. So maybe, I would say pointed products copy because the reason I'm saying that because everything is inspired by something else. Yeah, absolutely. When you look back in the day, you see like Harold Van when he came up with the x-ray glasses, he probably was inspired by the x-ray tube. That's true. I think uh, Seren Adams from SS Adams copied that idea from the early uh, 1920s where they had those cards that were like x-ray cards. They had the feather and, and yeah, yeah. they were mailed out by actually, believe it or not, eye doctors at the time or something or doctors trying to get uh, customers. So everything inspires something. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So I, I just thought about that because we had talked about it and you mentioned the snake and the nut. Sure. And it's amazing what can apply to magic, Eddie, because you mentioned yeah. like the antique stores. I always go to any kind of places I can to look around because you never know what you can apply to magic. You know what I mean? And I always tell people, Look out for the toys, like around Halloween time, particularly. Like, look at that bell with the, with the hand, the skeletal hand that I picked up at um, uh, Cracker Barrel, and I actually, I so I modified it and I put it on one of my videos where you know where it's all uh, remote operated now, you know, because the way it worked before, if you walk by it, you know, that's called ambient light, where you walk by it in your shadow it'll it'll cast a shadow over the photo sensor that's inside of it you know so right. yes yeah, so it's, it's it's very possible to get to modify it eddie what right. what time do we have are we good well I, I was just about to say we're down to two minutes okay so we're gonna have to close up here and one thing i wanted to mention real quick when you say cracker barrel one of the things me and my wife did coming from florida one time is we stopped in every cracker barrel uh, in every state because there was none up here so we did about 31 cracker barrels uh, which wow. was so funny but it was phenomenal i like their uh, food we, we like yeah. their food no. very... and they have really cool gift shop too yeah, yeah that's the gift shop we stopped for we I never know. It's nice um we just shot i i love the old antique toys they sold and mm-hmm. and halloween stuff and it was since it was october it was usually all the halloween stuff they oh, had. that's true yeah love that but anyway guys listen i'm yeah. As we're closing here, I want to say thank you to all those that are listening out there. I, I, again, they we're working on a lot of new projects. Uh, please tune in. Uh, as people can see, Sherry actually has her little unboxing of the Sea Monkeys. Congratulations, Sherry, because you've been doing really good in that particular video. Yeah, then I'm going to do an update. Um, yeah, you, back. You, sure. I ask you on that. Uh-huh. I hope you're, you're working on the update for that. But Stay anyway. tuned. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Mike Mesmer is about to put out his newest book soon to come out. And um, anyway, guys, thank you for everything. God bless. Until next week. And goodbye. Okay. Take care. God bless. God bless. Have a good night.